Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast where today we have a very exciting announcement. Very, very, very exciting announcement. Something that I've been wanting to do for ages to expand the podcast and you guys know this and I've tried so many different ways of doing it. I've tried the Patreon account, I've tried doing more different types of content on TikTok or on Instagram and nothing really works because ultimately I love creating the podcast. That's what I really, really, really love doing. I love doing the social media things that are kind of related to the podcast but podcasting is my favorite thing to do and that's the thing that I really really enjoy and that's the thing I think I'm best at like obviously I love the TikToks and stuff like that but I think I really love through the podcast being able to speak with you and have a conversation and make it a more kind of community-like feel where it does feel like we're having a FaceTime and I think that's the area where my kind of skills best lie if that makes sense that's that's the thing I really love doing and that's the thing that I wanted to do but I wasn't sure how I could bring you more content through that and then I was just, you know, doing a bit of clicking. I've got a lot to tell you actually about this week, so mm, it's related to this. I was clicking around on the podcast account on Spotify because I think someone tried to hack me. And if this is you listening, why? I just don't know. Like, someone tried to hack me because they tried to change all of my accounts, my podcast account. And I was just a bit like, what would someone do with my podcast? Like, it's obviously not going to be, they're just not going to sound like my voice. Like, They'll get all my followers and then it just won't be me. And I just don't really understand, but I don't want to jinx it. So I'm not going to talk about it anymore. <laughs> but I was, just, maybe they'd hold it for ransom and I'd have to pay money to get it back. Well, touch wood that that doesn't happen because I don't have any money. But anyway, I was clicking around on it. And then it said this like podcast like extras thing. And it used to be with Anchor and you used to only be able to make money if you're in America. You could do ads and stuff. But I kind of never really wanted to do ads. So I knew that wasn't really for me. And then I saw that I could do a subscription to the podcast and I could add in extra content. And I suddenly realised that this is exactly the type of thing that I've been looking for. Because I need a way that I can chat to you and do the podcast more. But in a way where I don't have time right now unless I stop doing my job to do extra podcast things. So there needs to be a way that I'm working it all out and I've tried to make it as cheap as humanly possible. It's £3 a month and I think you'll get... I'm just going to give you so much more content. There's just going to be so many more. I have so many ideas, but it's just like all bonus stuff that isn't really like exactly like the podcast. It's obviously going to be similar, but it's more going to be like we're chatting about our week, we're setting our goals for the week, we're holding ourselves accountable. We're chatting about the month just gone and seeing how we felt about that. It's like a check-in type of phone call where I'm more honest about everything that's going on more accountability telling you what I want to achieve and how I want to achieve it and then also like I want to have like little ones like listen to this when you've had a bad day listen to this when you've had like a really great day just more of a conversation type thing and I know not everyone wants this and this is why it's going in the subscription type things because not everyone does want it and there is no obligation to want it and the main you've got mail account will always be free you're always going to get this podcast but some people want more kind of self-growth type things and that's what the subscription is going to be for it's kind of going to feel like you've literally got me whenever you want me and I feel like that'll be really fun I'm very excited about it this is why I'm trying to keep it for the price of a cup of coffee that once a month one coffee a month that's it I'm not really doing it to earn money you know like it's not going to pay my rent or anything like that but I do need another way of working out how I can make this all work and so that is the exciting the exciting development that I just had to tell you all about but this week right you know when everyone starts saying like about the abundance type things sorry I feel like I just started the podcast really quickly and kind of just went straight into this thing that's been on my mind but I'm very excited about it and I felt like I just needed to tell you so let's go into the life update for this week this week has been you know a good week it's been a hard week but doing work is hard doing the same thing over and over again day in day out is tricky it is difficult and it's not much fun and that's okay it's okay not to find it really fun it's okay to find it monotonous it's okay for it to feel a little bit like groundhog day which it does at the moment I just want to get my work done I feel like there's been so many ups and downs with it and I don't know if I'm on the right track and I've got massive imposter syndrome at the moment like huge imposter syndrome about every single thing that I'm doing I'm just hoping for the best at this point. And I got a grade back today and it was all right. Like I didn't do great in it, but I didn't do terribly. So at this point, I'm just taking whatever I get and I'm happy with that. I am really happy with it because honestly, the master's has nearly killed me. Don't take a master's lightly, people. Master's is really hard. It's really, really intense. And I don't think I quite realised when I was signing up to it, how intense it was going to be. I don't think I realised how much work 
was was going to be involved in it but i know now and i will not be doing another one and it's massively put me off doing a phd like i never want to do a phd ever 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 the kids that i nanny their dad's just got his phd and it's taken him 10 years and i can't do this for 10 years i can't do it i'll go insane i'll genuinely genuinely go insane i don't know what i would be interested enough in to study for that long i think i need i need too much entertainment that would just not do it for me but that's good because i'm not doing a phd so we don't need to worry about that at the start of this week i've been feeling like my life's been a little bit a little bit boring recently and so i decided to do that universe thing i was like every single night before i've gone to bed i've been like universe i am open to abundance I am open to new opportunities. I am open to good things flowing my way. Like proper saying it out loud, like a bit of a weirdo. And just saying these things to myself and saying over and over again, being like, I am open to abundance. I'm open to opportunity. And I think it's working because yesterday I got a tax refund of £500. Bear in mind, yesterday daytime, I said to my mum, I just need a job that's going to earn me 500 quid. I just need 500 quid for my flights because then it's only 300 pounds. Do you know how weird is that? The exact right amount of money, the exact same thing that I was looking for and it just arrived in the post and I know it's my money and I know I've overpaid it, but I didn't know that that was coming. Uh, so that's been a very exciting development. Other things, I started babysitting a bit again and that's just earned me like 200 pounds. Brilliant. How brilliant is that? So now... Oh my god, I've nearly paid for my flight to Vietnam. It's not as cheap as I thought it was going to be. I thought, well, cheap. It was never going to be cheap. I thought it was going to be £700. And I think it's going to be £800. But it's fine. It's going to be so worth it in the end. One of you guys got in touch with me through your podcast questions about the fact that you're from Vietnam and you, if I have any questions, to get in touch. But I can't get in touch with you. So please get in touch. Oh, sorry, that was a bit like... Please get in touch with me through Instagram because I have so many questions and I really, 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 really want your advice. So please get in touch with me through Instagram if that was you. But I'm really excited about planning it. I went to the library the other day and I got out a little Vietnam tour guide book. And I think we're going to start in Hun... Right. I am so sorry if I mispronounce these things. I should have looked this up before I recorded the podcast. And now I don't have time. But we're going to start in Hanoi. And we're going to get the train over the course of a month. We're going to get a train down Vietnam. And it takes 33 hours to do it in one go. But you do obviously do it in chunks. There's like overnight sleeper trains. And it looks so beautiful. And the trains, oh, it's just going to be perfect. I'm so excited. It's my boyfriend's birthday when we're out there. So I have to plan something good. I'm thinking about, he doesn't listen to the podcast so I can say it. I think, is it Fifi Islands? I don't know if that's that. I, I Right, I was looking through the travel book and I think it said something about like a really special set of islands and I was like, that's where I'm going to take him for his birthday. So I feel like that's going to be perfect. You know, this is the one time he's actually going to listen to the podcast and I'm just going to spoil it all. So I'm going to ban him. Make a mental note to myself to ban Louis. Um, And then we're going to travel all the way down to Ho Chi Minh where we're going to like end our trip and fly back from there, fly back to London and then three days later I'll start my job. And it will feel like a bit of a rush and it will be intense. But I was just a bit like, why would I come back early to just sit nervously at home? Why am I going to do that? I'll literally just be sat really nervous and anxious. You guys know me. I'm going to be stressing. The thing I am stressing about is what I'm going to wear. So I'm going to have to get outfits sorted before I leave. But, you know, I don't want to feel anxious about it. And so what's the point in coming home, especially for, like, too early? There really isn't a point, and so that's fine. In other life update news this week, I have mainly been at university, guys. I've been, I've been, I'm trying to, because of Bar, no, Bali, because of Vietnam, I'm really trying not to spend any money. And so she says after just, I did two food shops in a week last week, and I hate my bank account and myself for doing it. There was literally no need, but I haven't done a food shop this week, so it's kind of evened out. But I... I've decided that I need to like cut back on spending money so I can really really enjoy Vietnam which has meant that I've just been prioritizing money saving things and similarly it's all is similarly a word simile similarly I don't know you know the word I mean the same as 
like similarly i think it is with my anniversary i've kind of decided that that's not going to be super massive either i think there's so much pressure nowadays to have like these massive extravagant celebrations for different activities in your life to have like the big birthday party and the big anniversary party to go out for like a really expensive meal and have the red wine and those experiences are really lovely they are really lovely like who doesn't enjoy going for a really lovely meal but we're going on holiday to Vietnam and that's our main, like, that's the main priority thing at the moment. And so I'm just being like, it's, it took me a bit of time to get my head around it. And I don't know why I've been a bit of a princess about it, but I just really wanted to have like a really nice meal and have like a nice day out. But that nice day out will cost us like 150 quid each, 100 quid each at least, you know, once you've woken up, you've done something in the day, you've gone out for coffee and food you've come home, you've had some drinks, you've gone out for drinks, you then go out for dinner, like, do you know what I mean? You then, like, we'd probably end up at a club. It all ends up being really expensive, and those days out are really fun, but I'm in my prioritising mode, and it's not that I don't want to do those things, but it's that I don't have enough budget for everything, and so we can't do everything at the moment, which is why I'm having more of a kind of calmer time, and this is also why I'm telling you that it's fine if you can't do everything, no one can do everything all at once and that's absolutely fine and it's okay for it to be that way. I think sometimes, again, that pressure can get really overwhelming but it's important to know that that pressure is only put on those experiences if you really, really enjoy them and can afford them. There's no point pushing yourself to do it if you can't do it all, you know? Because you're just going to end up feeling nervous about it. I have this thing sometimes with money that I get, I get really stressed about money. I get really worried about how I'm going to pay everything and how it's all going to work out and I've always been a saver. I've always been a saver, like, even when I was, like, earning money age 16, 17, I used to save everything and have, like, even if I had money in my bank account, it's not for spending. Does that make sense? I think that's a good thing that I've kind of picked up is that I always have a certain amount, like, that I will not spend unless it's an emergency. Like, it's an emergency fund type thing. I saw this thing and it was like, you should always have two months rent, like, enough money for your life to live on for an extra two or three months. It's like, that's quite good advice. And it's not possible for everyone, and I'm fully aware of that, but it's quite good advice. And so I'm always trying to be aware of that, which is why when I do do these things, which are kind of like more extravagant and I can't really afford them, I end up hating myself for it because I just feel really nervous the entire time and wish I hadn't have done it. And so this is why, again, prioritising money. But I have this very exciting feeling at the moment. And I think it's because I'm starting stuff that's new with the podcast because I've been feeling really burnt out really really burnt out i mean we're on season three episode 35 which is means and then beforehand i was i ended season two with the breakup series started season three when i came to london and so i have been doing this now for well over a year i think i've maybe on 60 episodes back to back weekly and i haven't had a break and i don't want to have a break because i'm scared it's going to go if i have a break and so I've been doing this over and over and over and over and over again and I love it and I'm not going to change it because it's a really important part of my routine but I have been feeling burnt out about it recently and so to kind of have this enthusiasm and creativity about it back is really exciting because I was just feeling a bit like you know when you're just doing the same thing over and over and over and over again and it kind of loses that I don't know what's the word je ne sais quoi And I think you say it in those moments. But it's been losing the spark. And the thing is, I always really enjoy recording it. But I've been a bit like, when am I going to fit it in? But to start with the subscription thing. And oh, that's so annoying when they do that while I'm recording. Rude of them. To have the subscription thing. To have like new ideas for TikTok and that type of thing. It's hard to keep motivated for it. And this is another thing that I think is really important. And not enough people talk about. Is how it can be really... Like when you're in the creative industry and you're trying to produce something creative and your kind of thing you're creating is based on your own creativity. You know, I can sit and I can do my data analysis, but there's a there's a method that I follow. It's not my ideas, it's it's a method that I follow to find out a set of results, you know? It's not coming all from my own brain. Like the ideas about it are, but the initial start point isn't. I can find like sometimes the podcast a bit nerve wracking to find those ideas and I think that's totally normal when you're doing something creative I was never like I liked art but I was never very good at it and like same with music I enjoyed it but I was never very good at it and so 
I never really was in those creative type things. It's only once I started doing the podcast and I kind of feel like the podcast is mental writing. I don't know, can you be, is speaking just creative? I think it is creative because I have to come up with things to say. Maybe I'm just a chatterbox and that's the reality of it, but we move. We're just going to not think about that ever. No, it is a creative thing, but that can mean that sometimes I feel a bit like, oh, is this good? Is this bad? Is what I'm saying? Oh, and it can be overwhelming, but it's fine because I think everybody feels that way. Also, I'm so sorry last week's podcast for going on about the Titan submarine. Little did I know every single person in the world would be talking about it for like four days after it was posted. This is the issue and I've learnt my lesson on speaking about stuff that are happening right now because when you guys listen to it, it's not going to be current. The situation is going to change and I was there spouting off facts like blah, 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 blah and you all already know it. You all already know it. But couple of good news things that I found this week. I just watched a video on this like seal surfing and I don't really know why this is coming to the podcast but I just thought it was really cute. It was a seal surfing and it started in, oh my god where was it? It was in California. This seal has started like catching rides with surfers and it jumps on their surfboard and rides in and then the next video that I watched was a beluga whale playing catch with these researchers. All of my Instagram, because I never go on my own personal Instagram account ever, I never go on it. I just go on it because I follow people on it and it's interesting to like see what those people are up to but it's not really what I use anymore because I only really use You've Got Mail. When I go on the Reels tab, like the randomest videos come up, the wit, like just random stuff and it is always animal ones and I'm not sad about it, you know? I am, I am okay with that. I really, really am. I went to the library. I'm going to tell you about the books that I picked up and the new things that I've done this week but I've picked up some really good ones and I'm excited to share them. I've nearly finished that one that I'm reading at the moment, How how I Learn Everything, How I Learn to See the World. It's called something, one of those two titles. I don't know if I actually told you the title last week, but I've nearly finished it and that is a relief. No, not a relief. It is, it is a really interesting read, but it's exactly what I do at university and I find that sometimes a bit like I want to read about something else. I want to give my brain a little break because it is the literal carbon copy of every single thing that we do and that can be really enjoyable but it can also be kind of like my brain needs a break from this and I don't want to do it and so I'm excited to read these other books that I've got there's one particularly do you know Bryony Gordon I follow her on Instagram and she's like a body positivity influencer person I'm sure she does so many other things mental health is also another big area that she works in and I just really like her content and she has a column I think in the Telegraph and it's brilliant and I'm really really excited to read her book also I got everything I know about love by Dolly Alderton because I loved her podcast her podcast was one of the reasons I started my podcast I absolutely I can't remember what it's called now but it finished it ended and I think that's the thing all of these things have to come to an end you can't although I can never see mine coming to an end I just can't but that's probably because I'm doing it now when you know it's time for something to end that's probably when it's going to end but I've never read her book before and I'm going to read it and I'm really excited. I'm really excited because I've heard so many good things about it and I think it's going to be a really, really brilliant read. I'm also really sorry if I keep getting like louder and quieter. I'm not really sure where the best place for me to sit for this new microphone is. If you haven't noticed, I am now in HD quality. Oh, that didn't sound nice. Quality, quality. Oh my God, I've forgotten the word. Hearing, definition, high high quality definition h high def oh my god i'm trying to say high definition sometimes i think i'm just my brain has two tabs open and it just needs a proper clear out and i'm just it's too many things going on another thing that i wanted to chat to you about before we go on to the content part of this week's episode this has been a very random life update but i watched this video about relaxing your jaw and i've seen you know those people that do spine clicking like chiropractors when they massage the inside of people's mouths and they like align people's jaws i've always wondered what that felt like and kind of wanted to have it done but i'm scared they might break my back but i really want to have it done and when i have enough money i'm definitely paying for an appointment but i want you to right now right put your fingers under your cheekbones and press in hard okay i'm hoping you're doing this and i just don't look like a tit please say you're doing this I was going to say nod, but I'm not going to know. Okay, open your jaw. I was going to say like this, but just open it and close it a bit like... uh. 
you should feel that it kind of tilts to one way a little bit. My jaw goes to the right, so yours might go to the left or right. And now open your mouth like this, ah, uh, and like press. This is really hard to do and talk. Maybe I should just say it and then do it. And press underneath where that kind of like jaw cheekbony part is when you're on that muscle, and push really hard and pull it down like this. And it really hurts. It really hurts. And it aligns all of your jaw again. And now do it again where you put your fingers under your jawbone, you open and close. It doesn't move anymore. It doesn't move to the right hand side. And that's another thing I just wanted to share with you because I have been doing that a lot recently out of curiosity. And I want to know if it affects you too because I think that's so cool. I just learned how to realign my jaw. Also, if you've been to a chiropractor, please get in touch. Did it break your back and were you okay? Because I am I am a little bit nervous about it. But anyway, I've got a lovely weekend planned. I haven't really told you much about what I've been up to. I've been nannying a lot. I did a full day's nannying yesterday, six hours. It was really intense. Lovely family, nothing to do with that. But if ever... You know how, right, this is going to come across very strong and I don't mean it like that. I don't want children. But you know when sometimes you're like, oh, it would be nice when you see like cute family in the park with a little baby and it all looks very happy families I think everyone should have to nanny for a day when they think they want children because even the most lovely children in the world it's a lot thinking about someone else all the time is a lot of effort it gets like walking when I'm walking with them checking where they're stood making sure that I'm the one that's next to the road making sure we all get off the bus correctly making sure they don't eat something they're not meant to eat making sure that they're safe making sure they're not hungry or thirsty making sure that they're happy and that they're having a good time and constantly playing and it is intense and it sometimes makes me feel quite like oh I could not do this just yet and it makes me realize that I am knowing I mean I already knew I was nowhere near ready and I wasn't actually seriously thinking about it. But it's moments like these where I'm like, I am really not ready. Because people my age have started having children now. And that's, personally, for me, I couldn't do that. No chance. But there's no right or wrong. And people who are are probably way more mature than I am. I just could not. That That is not on the cards for me at the moment at all. I barely got my own shit together. But that meant all of Wednesday was doing that. And then Monday and Tuesday I was doing my dissertation. But then tomorrow I've got a really exciting day planned. I'm going to go to uni. I've got therapy at nine. Go to therapy. I'm meant to go to the gym. But I don't think I'm going to have time. I think I might just do a little Pilates workout here. But go to therapy. And then I meet my nana in the afternoon at four-ish. And we're going to an exhibition which is really exciting. I think it's called the Weiwei or the Weiwei. I'm not sure. I think it's Weiwei exhibition. Um who is a Chinese contemporary painter, I think. I don't know too much about it because I only found out a couple of minutes ago that I'm going. But I'm going to go with my nana and that'll be really exciting. And then we're going to go out for dinner somewhere. I really want to try to shoom, but I don't know if it'll be busy. So I don't know if we'll manage it, but that's the current plan. And then on the Saturday, I'm going to, I'm meeting my rest of my family. So my sister, my little sister, my dad and my mum, we're meeting and we're going out for dinner at that Circolo Circolo Populaire. I can't say anything and I hate it. But that's where we're going. It looks really nice in there and I'm really excited. The Instagram picture is going to be great. Like, it's going to be really cute. The photos, oh, I'm excited. And the food looks incredible. That is obviously the star of the show and that is what is very exciting. But I'm glad to, I'm really glad to see them. It'll be really nice to catch up because I have been feeling a little bit homesick. Just in the sense of I've just been feeling homesick because I have so much work to do and I don't want to do it I just don't want to do it I feel like quite isolated with it and that's that's quite hard it's quite hard to motivate yourself when you are feeling isolated like it can be really tricky and then on Sunday my sister's coming to stay with me for a night before she goes to Sweden so everyone in my family is going on holiday in the next couple of days and I am not going on holiday and I think that's really rude of everyone not for inviting me but we move we do move but anyway, on to the content part of this week's podcast. And this week we are talking about boundary setting and constant anxiety and what it means to not be a people pleaser because I had a breakthrough in therapy and I want to share it with you. But anyway, on to the content part of this week's podcast. And if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, if you haven't already said hello on Instagram or on TikTok, then what are you doing? 
make sure you follow me at you've got mail and school pod and i'll be very very grateful so this week as you guys know we're talking about boundary setting because boundary setting is something that i am not that great at it's something that i really really struggle with i struggle to tell people how something makes me feel i struggle to express myself in moments when they are just a little bit awkward you know those moments where something happens and you feel uncomfortable or something is going to happen and you know you're going to feel uncomfortable and so you express a boundary to make that experience more tolerable for you and those are the types of experiences that I absolutely hate. I hate them because I get so overwhelmed by how this is going to affect other people and how my reaction to that thing is going to affect other people. So when I'm talking about boundary setting, a boundary setting for example could be limiting people's access to you maybe being like you know what they've invited you to loads of plans this week and I don't want to go to the thing on Friday because I just need some space and expressing that space and saying I really thank you for inviting me but I can't make it tonight and that's a kind of softer way of setting a boundary and maybe a more stronger one would be I don't want you to follow me on Instagram because I feel like this is my personal creative page and I don't want that to taint our relationship you know it's those types of setting boundaries about the things that you do in relation to other people to make you feel better about how they're being used is the way that I would describe it a good way of describing them is here it says boundaries protect a person's personal or mental space much like fences between neighbors they involve the physical and emotional limits of appropriate behavior between people and help define where one person ends and the other one begins so you typically learn your boundaries during childhood with your families which I think is really really interesting and I think so much of boundary setting if you think about the school system and how boundary setting is kind of not really there in school I think that massively implicates our ability to set boundaries as we get older especially if you're a people pleaser if you think about the school when you're so young if you want to have a food if you want to have a drink or something like that you always have to ask so you're not allowed to eat unless it's the specified times and those are boundaries set by the school but they don't allow you to have that autonomy over yourself and have that autonomy over what you're doing and I think this is why a lot of people struggle with boundary setting and become people pleasers is because they don't know from an early age how to set those boundaries they don't know how to express themselves because so much about our kind of the way that we're all brought up is controlled we aren't able to experience independence for so much of our childhood or adult life and I understand why that is like you know I, I get it because you're a kid like, you know what I mean like you can't be in control of everything But sometimes I think that lack of autonomy about ourselves is one of the reasons why so many people in today's day and age feel like comedians. And I think this links in nicely with people pleasing because I think people who struggle to set boundaries struggle to set boundaries because they're so kind of focused on how that's going to impact other people. Because I think if you're unable to express yourself and unable to express what you need from a certain situation, that's normally because you're caring so much about what other people think, which is such a you know it's a good kind sentiment and I understand where it comes from and that's something that I massively struggle with but it also doesn't serve you very well and it can end up making you feel like you're not really important I was reading I'm reading this book at the moment called please yourself how to stop people pleasing and transform the way you live by Emma Reed Turrell and it's been a really interesting read because when she's speaking about people pleasing she's saying stopping being a people pleaser isn't saying to other people you don't matter it's saying I matter too and I think that's a really good way of rephrasing it in your mind because so often I struggle to kind of express how I'm feeling in a certain situation set those boundaries because I'm so afraid about how other people are going to feel about it but in reality me saying these things isn't going to affect how they feel about it it's just saying that my opinion about this situation matters too and that's something that's really important that's something that's really valuable and I think when I was reading the book it's really interesting because it brings in that there's four different types of people pleasing and I want to read them to you now and I think the fact that there are four different types of them makes it very interesting to think about which one that you might be so the first one Toral describes as the classic people pleaser, the more traditional people pleaser, taking pride in your ability to get things done, choosing the ideal birthday gift or hosting the perfect dinner party. You'll be really good at it and part of your reward system will come from the appreciation and accolade that you receive from the people that you please. This becomes your definition of yourself. It's who you are and why you exist. Ask them what they want and they'll draw a blank. 
The next type of people pleaser is the shadow people pleaser. Shadows expect to live in service of other people who occupy the light, those who are seemingly more important and more worthy of the world's attention. Somewhere in the shadow's early life, there was probably a narcissist, a person who lacked empathy and expected admiration from others. Around this energy, the shadow, please work, the shadow pleaser worked out how to stay in favour by deflating themselves and inflating other per- people. They worked out how to be the best support act or the perfect wingman, somebody's number one, number two. Next, we have the pacifier people pleaser. People pleasing can sometimes be more about a fear of getting it wrong than a, than a desire to get it right. The pacifier is an example of a pleaser who operates primarily from a don't displease position. They are the social glue and that keeps situations amicable and they facilitate collaboration. They are inclusive and eminable, kind I think. And then finally we have the red resistor people pleaser. These are the underground people pleasers, the ones who wouldn't identify themselves as people pleasers at all. This is someone who can't tolerate people being displeased with them, but unlike other people pleasing profiles, the resistor defences res- result when they release when they release when they realise that they can't or won't do what it takes to elicit a favourable re- reaction. Unable to behave in a way that would be pleasing enough to present criticism or rejection, the resistor's only remaining defence is to exit the game. After all, if you don't play, then you can't w- r- lose. So these are the type of people who avoid intimacy in relationships, only engage at an arm's length, who feel the need to protect themselves. And I think it's really interesting hearing about these different types of people pleasers and hearing about how they can impact people's lives and which one that you might be. And so I want you to pause the podcast and I want you to have a little think, just a little think about what type of people pleaser you think you might be, where you think you might be involved in that type of work, the type of person that you think that might make you. I think when I read those different people pleasers, sometimes I think I'm the classic people pleaser, the one who takes pride in making other people happy, but then I don't think I am. I think I don't, I can be selfish with what I'm doing, so I don't think it's that. I think I'm quite scared of getting things wrong, and I think that becomes where my issue with boundary setting comes from, because I struggle to think that it's all that my opinion matters. But again, what I'm learning through the book is that it's not saying that my opinion like it's not saying that their opinion doesn't matter it's saying that my opinion matters too and it's saying that they're both equally important because the danger of these types of things are is if you don't start expressing yourself at some point in your life you're going to realize that you have spent so long not being your true self and so many of these videos I've been watching recently on TikTok I've been feeling a little bit anxious the past couple of days to be honest and so I've been scrolling more and one of the videos that I was watching are the videos of like what do you it's people who are in their 80s it's like what do you regret and she said I regret the things I haven't said and I just thought that's it isn't it you regret the things that you haven't said the things you haven't done in the moments where you knew you should say them and then the next video that popped up and it was like I never keep a nice thought to myself I never keep a nice thought to myself even the fact that that is being so comfortable in your expression of yourself to not worry about what other people are going to think about you to then be able to express even just kind things about other people I was like I there's so often when I'm thinking something nice about someone else when I like their outfit or I like the top that they're wearing and I don't tell them because I'm nervous about how they're going to react and I'm scared that it's not going to react well there's so many times when I'm like hold that thought in but that again is my people pleasing because I'm so scared of their reaction even about a positive thing and I think this is where people pleasing is so dangerous because it's not that I'm focused so much on their opinion of a positive or negative thing it's just their opinion in general I'm so frightened about that dislike and that negative feedback and I don't know why I don't know why I'm so scared about the negative feedback but it's something that I'm very aware of that isn't doesn't sit well with my brain it's something that I take very personally it's something that tends to then define who I think I am but the issue with this is, is that when I'm then in an uncomfortable situation, I don't express how that uncomfortable situation is making me feel. I don't express how it's making me feel overwhelmed or underwhelmed. I don't express how it's making me feel, you know, I just don't talk about it. I don't tell someone if something's made me feel, I just sit with that really uncomfortable feeling. And it gives you that thing of needing to mull it over, over and over and over again. I think back to situations where something's happened I watched a video the other day and it was about sitting with your emotions and it was saying about how and this is something my therapist has told me I need to be better at doing is you need to learn how to sit with your emotions 
not sit with the story about what's happened, not sit with what went on, sit with the feeling because after 90 seconds the feeling will pass and then you can make a response to that feeling, you can talk about it and you can react to it however you want to react and I think one of my things I struggle with is that I'm quite like impulsive and I won't think about it and or I'll just keep quiet the entire time and I won't sit with the feeling but I'll play the story over and over and over in my head and that's because then I feel like I wasn't able to fully express myself, I wasn't able to tell people how something made me feel because in that moment I felt so overwhelmed by it and I think this is when using your emotions like a dashboard, like a card dashboard for how you, for what you need to do in your life is really important and it's something that I started doing and then I stopped and now I'm starting to do it again and I promise this is related to boundary setting, we're just going full circle. I think when you're a people pleaser you struggle to express how you feel and sometimes you struggle to know how you feel and that can be part of the problem is because you don't know how you're truly feeling so you don't know how to express yourself I feel like it takes me quite a long time to process a situation to work out how something has made me feel and that doesn't mean that it hasn't made me angry or sad or disappointed it just means that I find it a little bit overwhelming at first and then it takes me some time to work out is this am I am I upset like how am I actually feeling about this what's the real life truth about how this experience has made me feel and it takes me that little bit of time that little bit of moment to work it out and this is why I think when you're going through an uncomfortable situation having that 90 seconds to sit with the emotion take a deep breath and just have a pause feel the emotion work out what it is and that's what I like to think of is, you know, a car dashboard where it has all the warning signs, looking at all those warning signs and using that as an indicator for what you need to do in your life and using those emotions. And I think once you start to acknowledge how a situation has made you feel and you pause, you can then express how you feel in like not a super dramatic, intense way. And I think that's really important. I think it's important to be able, but then there's no shame in expressing yourself in an angry way or at this point. Like, I don't mean it like that, but Sometimes I just swallow how I'm feeling and I don't express it to people. And then, as I said, because I haven't expressed it, I end up playing the situation over and over and over and over in my head and dragging the emotions out. And my therapist linked this to something really interesting. She said, I wonder, so I sometimes I feel just anxious and I feel anxious for days and days and days and days. And there's not an exact reason as to why it happens. I just feel really overwhelmed about something. And I find that really tricky. I find that really tricky to rationalize with myself. I find it tricky to realize that it's okay that I feel this anxious, like it's fine. Or I find it tricky to let that emotion go. And she said, I wonder if you're feeling this intense emotion. I wonder if this emotion stems from the fact that you have so much unsaid feelings. You have so many things that you haven't spoken about. You have so many things which you haven't been certain about. And that has then led to this feeling right now where it feels uncontrollable. It feels like this anxiety has taken over your life because you aren't able to fully express yourself in those moments. And so I wonder if you start to express yourself fully in those moments, if you start to have those boundaries, you tell someone when something makes you uncomfortable, whether the anxiety will slowly fade away because now there's not so much of something being unfelt. There's not so much of something being unsaid. And sometimes I do feel like these things that are unsaid can feel like they're bubbling. They can feel like they're bubbling underneath the surface and that can be really overwhelming. And it can feel really uncertain about whether or not you're saying or doing the right thing. And then it can lead to you repeatedly going over and over and over these situations in your brain. And then that can lead to this constant state of anxiety that sometimes I'm feeling and this all again stems from being a people pleaser and this is again why I think using your emotions as an indicator as to why or how you're feeling to then be able to set that boundary is really really important and I think one of my favorite ones is if someone if someone is making me feel drained if someone is making me feel tired if someone is making me feel overwhelmed then that is not a good feeling and that is not how you should be leaving them feeling and that indicates to me that I haven't set a boundary there something about that relationship isn't right maybe I'm giving too much of my emotions to them maybe they're asking for advice all the time that could be really draining maybe they're talking about a certain scenario never like non-stop I don't know what it would be but when someone's draining you it indicates to me that they're taking too much of me and I need to set some boundaries in place for that because that is not how it should feel you should be able to leave a social interaction and still feel good and bubbly and I mean I appreciate maybe not all the time because like interacting with other people is tiring like it is tiring you know like having that social interaction can be tiring but it shouldn't feel draining 
You should feel afterwards a positive sense of how an experience went or an experience that like that went well. And if you're not feeling that, that tends to indicate there needs to be a better boundary there. And I think someone leaving you drained is a key indicator of that. So I want you to stop. And I want you to think about the main people who you interact with in your life. And think about the main reaction you have after spending time with them. Think about that main interaction. Is it a positive? Is it a negative one? How does that tend to go? And then think about whether or not you leave it and that makes you feel good afterwards. And I think once you start to identify the people in your life that maybe they don't feel so great afterwards, maybe you don't feel so perfect, not so perfect, I mean like maybe you don't feel so brilliant, this indicates that you need to set a boundary. And I think the best way to set a boundary with someone is asking yourself what you need more of. Maybe you just want a little bit of like, you need to say, look, can we talk about other things too? I always want to hold space for you to be able to talk about these things that are going on in your life. But sometimes I can feel really dominated by that discussion. And there's other things that I want to chat about too. And I want to be there for you and I want to support you. But I also want to chat about some other things. And I think if it's a really invasive type of conversation that they're having and it's coming to everything and you're not talking about anything else then I think that's fine personally as a people pleaser I struggle to set these boundaries within other people and so sometimes I set these boundaries within myself and I don't know if this is the right or wrong thing to do but sometimes I might limit my interactions with that person rather than seeing them every single day that week I might see them once rather than seeing them all of the time I might try and limit the social interaction and I think that's something that I maybe isn't the right way to do it maybe the right way is to express to another person how that interaction has made them feel you feel I mean so then they are able to make a change on it because I was thinking about that then thinking about how mine again is a people pleasing thing because I don't want them to know that something is wrong but something is wrong and it's important for them to know that so then they can better react because people don't know unless you tell them how are people meant to know if something's wrong if you never never tell them so I think maybe being straightforward about these things is the better way I think maybe that's the way I should learn to be. Maybe that's my new trial for this next year, being more straightforward when something has upset me. Because again, when I'm not straightforward, although I can limit my interactions with people, that tends to not make the feeling go away and I tend to overplay my like scenario over and over and over and over. And I think this also leads... Do you remember the episode on closure? When I was saying about how you can give yourself closure. But in a situation like this where you have the opportunity to give closure with the other person, sometimes that is what is needed sometimes that is what is important and I think this can be something that is something that's tricky is realizing that you can give the closure to yourself from a situation I appreciate that but sometimes you have an opportunity to have that discussion and when you're not having that discussion that can be really like a negative experience because you almost need that discussion to put that thing to bed you need to have the last thing to remember them by to end the situation to stop playing it over and over and over and over again in your head when you've had that final conversation you have had the final conversation and so you don't need to worry about it as much and I think this is something that I'm definitely going to try and implement more into my life because closure is something that I really struggle with. No, not closure. People pleasing is something that I struggle with and boundary setting. But it's meaning that when I have like an uncomfortable experience, I'm not giving myself any closure from it. And that tends to dominate my entire life, which then leads to unwanted emotions dominating my entire life, which is a really uncomfortable experience. And so what I want you to gain from this podcast episode is working out which people pleaser you are. And I think that's a really interesting way to gain more self-knowledge about yourself, more self maybe self-knowledge isn't the right word maybe it is but being more self-awareness about yourself so you know how you might act in certain situations I then want you to scan all of the people in your life and have a list of the people that sometimes make you feel drained where you feel like there's unsaid things that you haven't said to them and then I want you to think about when that scenario might come up again and how you might be able to set that boundary maybe they use your things all the time without you wanting them to and that's a bit of an invasion of trust it's a bit of an invasion of your stuff and their stuff and being able to have that fence in between your two being able to have what you're going to say to them in mind so when it happens again you're able to fully express yourself is something that I think is really important so then have a think through about these different life experiences have a think through about the best way that you could express this to someone else and something that's kind and respectful but straightforward and to the point because they need to know what they're doing they need to know how it's affecting you and how it's kind of affecting the relationship and I think that's really important And once you have got that, the next time you come into this experience, I want you to be able to articulate yourself properly and I don't want you to hold back. 
you're going to have that bubbling feeling and I need you to sit for 90 seconds because that's how long it takes for an emotion to pass. Take a deep breath and then articulate that what you have done then has made me uncomfortable because this is my stuff and I want you to ask me when you're going to use my stuff and that's just a boundary that I need to set in order for this relationship to carry on being good. And I think those types of boundaries are really important to set because these types of people in your life, you want them around for a long time and it's these types of lack of boundary setting that can end up tainting the relationship and I think that's something that's really important to acknowledge. But anyway, onto the question part of this week's podcast. Also, when I'm saying in the first part of this podcast episode, I realised when I'm saying like, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. I don't mean the paid subscription, that's obviously totally optional. I just mean subscribe on Spotify because then it gets me, lets me see how many people are listening and that's something that's really, really exciting. But anyway, onto the question part of this week's podcast. <laughs> So onto the question part for this week's podcast. So first question, feeling really stagnant after finishing exams, how to get out of a slump? I think when you finish exams, all of a sudden your life has been like catered towards having this purpose, getting through the exams, getting through this period of your life. And now all of a sudden you don't have that purpose anymore. You don't have that thing that you're waking up for and doing in the moment. And initially it's really great because obviously like you're a free person and it's incredible. But then it starts to feel like you say a bit of a slump. You start to not really know what you're doing. You start to just fall into a different type of routine where it doesn't feel like you're being productive. It doesn't feel like you're making good use of your time. And I think in some ways when you are studying so much, although you're exhausted at the end of the day, there's a pride that comes with that because you know you're working as hard as you possibly could. And so I think to get rid of that slump, to get rid of that stagnant feeling, you need to give yourself a new purpose. And that new purpose doesn't have to be anything productive. It could be, I'm going to really enjoy myself. I'm going to try new things. I'm going to try and be on my phone less. I'm going to try and do, set yourself some goals. And if you subscribe to the podcast, then you'll be in the goal setting session that I ran on, well, ran, that I did through the podcast the other day. And you will know how important goal setting is. And you will have a list of your goals ready for this next year, month. But if you don't, I would really recommend having a sit down with yourself and redefining what you want these next couple of months to be for you. You have a break. You have your first break in five years where you're about to start a new chapter and that's really exciting. But you need to make sure that you make the most of it and you use it in a way that afterwards you're going to feel really good about it. And however you would use it is personal to you. Whatever's going to make you feel good is personal to you. Whatever things you want to try is personal to you. But making... Oh, make a summer bucket list. That's why summer bucket lists were so important. That's why they were so good. It's because they gave you that purpose. They gave you that things that you wanted to do. And I'm going to do an entire episode, maybe next week on bucket lists. We're going to do one together. And I just think, I just think bucket list, you know, that kind of pops into my head just then when I realised what I was explaining. But I think you should make a bucket list. You need to find your purpose again. And I think a bucket list is a perfect way for you to do that. How to feel okay with burnout. I'm burnout at the moment, but I feel like compassion is the way that I'm getting through it. I think the way that you get through burnout, the way the danger of it can be is that you turn self-care into a stressful task. You turn it into all of these tasks that you need to do to make yourself feel better. And then you don't feel better by the end. You feel even more exhausted. And that can be really, really tricky. And so my biggest tips to feeling okay with burnout is being compassionate to, your, to yourself. And setting yourself boundaries, like you know from this podcast how important boundary setting is and hopefully I've given you some advice that will help you set boundaries in your own life. But having a switch off point saying, I'm not allowed to do any work past nine. I'm not allowed to do it. Even if I have free time, I'm not allowed to do it is important. And I think finding ways that you can release in other ways is also really important, like a distraction. Exercise for me is a massively helpful one that stops me feeling burnt out because it makes me feel re-energised. And I think finding those things that re-energise you is a way that can help avoid burnout. Best tips for going travelling? Hmm. I think... I used to be a massive planner. And plan everything. The first trip I went on, I planned literally everything. I planned the flights. I planned the trains I was going to get. I booked every single Airbnb. I booked absolutely everything that we were doing. And... Although this was good, because I think I was younger and I don't think my parents would have let me go if I hadn't have planned everything, I think I wish I'd been more flexible in my plans. And I think that's what Bali taught me and that's what Vietnam I've kind of implemented, is that needing to be flexible. 
I think there can be a lot of expectations with traveling that you're going to be able to escape all of your problems and you're going to have the best time of your life. But I think those expectations can sometimes not ruin the experience, but it can make it harder. I think there was like times in Bali where I was crying and I was like, why am I crying? And I really thought that when I left home, when I did, I was having, I was in this beautiful place and the sun was setting. It was the most incredible day. And I was there feeling really shit and I really thought I could go somewhere new and escape my problems. I really thought I could go somewhere new and my mental health would be fixed. I thought my mental health was associated with the place that I was rather than actually associated with me. And so my biggest tips for traveling are realizing that these places that you're going are gonna be incredible. You are gonna have the most beautiful time. But be kind to yourself and realize that there are gonna be ups and downs. You're gonna have days where you don't wanna do anything. You're gonna have days where you wanna chill and that's okay. Going out there to enjoy yourself and if enjoying yourself sometimes means really listening to what you need to do and also a flexible approach to what you want to do over the time you're there is important because sometimes you go with too many ideas and you try and cram too much in and you can't actually enjoy it and then other times you go have a brief idea like how I said to you I know I'm going to travel down from north to south and I know I'm going to go there for about four weeks and I think each week I kind of have places that I want us to go. Like we'll have to travel this far by this point, by this point, by this one, just to stay on track. But be ready for the plans to like change a bit because you never know who you're going to meet. And also be excited about it. You're going to have a really, really great time. Okay. The people I call my friends, are they meant to be in my life for a season or the long run? Oh, this is an interesting question. Hmm. When I think about people who are in my life for a season, I never thought they were going to be in my life for a season. I thought they were going to be in my life forever. And I think that's the thing is that the people that you're immediately surrounded with, you can't imagine your life with them in it because they are your life right now. But there may come a point where they're not going to be in your life anymore. But it doesn't mean that they're not gone completely. It just means they're not as active. And I think the thing is you can't know where someone is going to be for a season or a lifetime. You just have to trust that they are equally as valuable. I think it's really easy to think that a friendship that lasts forever is more valuable than a friendship that lasted for a season. But I think sometimes the friendships that last for a season teach you so much about yourself. They teach you so much about how the world works, about how you work, about how you need to grow. And that can be really valuable too. So I think the trick is not to wonder whether a friend is going to be there for a short amount of time or a long amount of time, but just to ensure that you really get the most from that friendship. Make sure that you fully, truly appreciate it for what it is. And if it does end, then that's okay. You'll surround yourself with other people. New people will come into your mix. When you make space, there's room for others. But also, if it lasts forever, then that's pretty great, isn't it? Okay, let's go to the anonymous questions. I always get a bit nervous answering these because I never know which one's going to pop up and I'm never really sure what the first few questions are going to be like. Hmm, let's see. Okay. Are you going to get a tattoo? Yes, I am. I'm going to get a You've Got Mail one. But I don't know what to get. And I can't think of one. I thought about getting... Well, I haven't actually thought about this, but I am now currently thinking. Maybe like a little letterbox, but I don't know if that would be really weird. I don't know if no like no one would get that, and I feel like any of you guys would get that. But I just think that would be really cute, like a little letterbox of just being like... Just like... Because if you got me... If you, YGM, you got mail, you get me. I just don't want that. It's in my head now and I don't even think that's a saying, but I can't get my head out of it. And so, oh, but I just think that might be a bit cringe if I have a little box. Or would it be cute? I don't know. I need someone to decide for me. I really want one, but I need someone else to decide. I think I'm definitely going to get one when I finish my dis. Maybe I get one in Vietnam. That sounds like a terrible idea. I just keep putting it off. I'm going to get one this summer, guys. You heard it here first. I know exactly where I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it on my left hand arm, on the back, above my elbow, just there. And I don't know what it is going to be, but it's going to be really cute. I kind of, oh, there's so many things that I want. I just want loads and loads of doodle ones, but I want them to only last for four years and then I want them to leave because I just know I'm going to get bored of them. And so I'm trying to find something that I'm not going to get bored of. And that, that's a tricky thing. Biggest red flags in a relationship um someone right Mm. biggest red flag is someone who starts 
love bombing and wanting to spend all of their time with you and all of a sudden when you know when a relationship goes zero to a hundred in like a week and I'm like you've only known that person for seven days and already you guys are wanting to move in with each other already your life is fully catered around each other that's a red flag for me I'm trying to think of like not the obvious ones like lying cheating like bad things you know what I mean manipulation that's a massive emotional manipulation is a big red flag for me that's a big one but I think yeah when a relationship goes from zero to 100 I'm always very questionable about why why you guys like that right now like I appreciate that you're in love and you found that person but stay true to who you are keep your life going there's no rush you have your entire life to get to know them and I think I think that's a big red flag okay let's go for the next one do you believe in god hmm i do believe in spirituality i don't i don't know if i believe this is a personal opinion so please don't like you know it's all about my own thoughts but i don't believe that there is a person in the sky and i don't believe maybe i do believe in a heaven and hell but i went to a christian school growing up and like god was like everything we all talked about and like I went to church a lot as a child and so like I was surrounded by Christianity and then when I went to secondary school it wasn't so much but it was still there but it wasn't as intensely because more people of different religions went to that school and so it couldn't be as intensely a Christian school as my primary school which was literally a C of E primary school like a Church of England primary school um and the thing is my family's also well no my grandparents are like quite religious I have never, I've never, I just can't, I think the scientist in me just, I just can't rationalise it. Or maybe not the scientist, but the humanity, humanitarian within me. I, I personally can't believe how, if there was a God who created everything, how it could have created some absolute atrocities. You know, cancer growing in a child's eye that permanently blinds them. Why, why would a God have created that? I just don't, personally, again, I'm not saying this is the right or wrong belief, this is just my belief. I don't think that there is a God because I just don't see, and if there is a God, he's not all good because that that's not good. There's no way you can tell me that that is good. But I do believe that there's something bigger. I do believe we are part of something bigger. I believe that in spirituality and the universe and that there is a point to all of this and that, you learn a lesson from everything and that you've just got to trust in the process. I believe that there's a bigger plan for us all. I think the universe is too special. I think there's too much going on in the world that we are that... And I also believe in souls. I think people come back. I think I was chatting to my housemate about this and we were talking about how people get reincarnated. And I like that idea. I think souls are too special for them to go. And I think about people that I've lost and people who aren't alive anymore and weird things that have happened where I've just thought I don't think you're gone I think you're still here and when I think about the love that I have for the people around me I can never imagine that going that connection feels like you know those people that you feel like you've known forever I feel like they're the people that you meet in a second or third time over so although I don't believe in a god I do believe that there's more to life than waking up and going to sleep than living and dying I think there's so much more. But anyway, on to the new things that I've done this week. So the new things that I've done this week are go to the library and pick up so many books that I don't know who I think I am and I don't know where I think I have time to read all of these things, but I'm now a reader. So you know that I got the Everything I Know About Love by Dolly Alderton, which excited about reading i feel like it's perfect and i can't wait i'm gonna do do a podcast episode on it reviewing it and i think it's gonna be incredible the next book that i got is called chavs the demonization of the working class and i have heard so much about this book and i want to get more into i don't know anything about politics guys like and that's embarrassing i don't know anything about how our country is run and i don't know anything about the different parties and I don't I don't know anything and I want to know I need to be educated about it because I'm getting to an age now where like I need to know okay my voice needs to matter and I think it's really important for everyone to be at least aware of what's going on at least aware of how our country's political circle what political groups run and how they work and anyway well anyway 
Chubbs is described as one of the most influential political books of our time. It's written in the aftermath of the financial crash and reshaped the conversation and class in Britain for the following decade. And this is one that I think I'm going to find really interesting. Coming from Scarborough, like, it is not a very rich town in the slightest. It has a lot of poverty in there and a lot of people really, really struggle. And I think coming to London and seeing the, like, two words side by side, and even within London, like, I live in the East End, living in East London compared to my friends when they're in West London, it is such a shock. And even two streets away, when I go to babysit for my nanny at, like, the family, or I went to a piano's house, teacher's house the other day, and I was like, this is beautiful. This is absolutely beautiful, yet two streets away, people can't make ends meet, and... It's something that's been quite, like, on my mind recently, the disparities between everything. And I think especially with the cost of living crisis, the cost of living crisis has made day-to-day living borderline impossible. Like, I went to... I went to Little today, and I got a sandwich, some deodorant, like, a drink, and some mints, and it cost me £6. I was like, how is that £6? Like, how is that £6? And then equally, I was like, oh, that's only £6. That's quite good. And it's just like, what? Why is life so expensive? And so, yeah, I got that and I'm really excited to read that. Then I got Mad Girl by Bryony Gordon, which is the one that I was telling you about. So I'll read about it. Bryony has OCD. It's a snake in her brain that has told her ever since she was a teenager that her world is about to come crashing down. It's called alopecia, bulimia and drug dependency. And Bryony is sick of it. Keeping silent about her illness has given it a cachet it simply does not deserve. So here she shares her story with warmth, humour and jaw-dropping honesty. A hugely successful columnist for The Telegraph, a best-selling author and a happily married mother of an adorable daughter, Bryony has managed to laugh and live while simultaneously grappling with her illness. Now it's time for her to speak out. In Mad Girl, Bryony explores her relationship with her OCD and depression as only she can. And I think it's going to be really brilliant. I've heard so many good things about this book and I'm really excited to read it. I think, I don't know a lot about OCD. I know... No, actually, I don't know anything. I really don't know anything. I think a lot of people say, like, oh, it's a bit OCD that, a bit OCD this, but... And I know that could must be quite frustrating for someone who's truly diagnosed with OCD to have all of those kind of... to make it normalised. And I think that can be tricky. That must be really tricky. And so I'm really interested to learn more about it. And also, she's a really... Like, I love her writing style, so I'm excited to read that. Then the next one I got was please yourself how to stop people pleasing and transform the way you live here we go guys whether at home at work or in our relationships we all know how it feels to want people to like us the problem comes when we give up on our own needs along the way in this life-changing book psychotherapist emma reed torrell explains the different types of people pleaser which you guys know i've already spoken about this and oh and provides practical, reassuring advice on how to better understand and stop people-pleasing behaviour when it starts to affect your own needs. Please Yourself will help you care for others in the right way, and ultimately help you take better care of your book. I think it's something I need to read, and so that's also on the list. And I also got another book, which I've actually given to Anna right now. She's got it in her room, but I'll tell you about that one next week. But that one, it's called Trainwreck, I remember. It's called Trainwreck, and it's about women how like women are played as the archetype of like being a lunatic like a bit of a train wreck when Britney shaved her head like that type of thing like and the impact that that has on different women and how we've done it for so many centuries and it's more of a feminist read it's described as being the new like a really good feminist read I don't know what I was gonna say it was the new I can't remember what it's called oh anyway it's got really good reviews and I'm excited to read that other new things I've done this week I'm getting faster at running you've heard it here first I'm becoming a speedy runner I want to run a a a 5k in 20 minutes that means shaving five minutes or out off my already pretty tiring 5k time like I am tired when I'm running guys I am not a pretty runner I am a sweaty gross runner I've realized and so I need to sort that out that's the current new thing. I've been back at the gym. Gym is going well. I kind of realised my workouts routines. I don't really follow a workout routine. I just do set. Maybe I do, but I've just invented it. I don't know if it's good or bad, but it is what it is, and I'm I'm happy with it. I'm liking it at the moment. I'm really enjoying the gym, and I'm glad to have that kind of changing things up. 
other new things I've done this week is I've started watching Made. I finished Firefly Lane, as some of you know. I'm not ready to talk about that. Started watching Made. I know I'm a bit slow to the party and I know everyone else has already watched it, but I've heard really, really, really good things about it and I'm excited. I'm enjoying it so far, although I've just got to a really stressful part and that's making me feel quite anxious. It's making me feel like I don't know how it's going to end and I feel quite nervous about it so that's something that I'm not loving at the moment and just I just had to press pause on that episode it's episode four so don't worry if you're in episode one two or three you're absolutely fine but I've really really enjoyed watching that it's got a brilliant storyline and I love it was a book first and it became a best-selling book and then it got made into a tv show and her daughter in it is actually her real life daughter and I thought that was really lovely so I definitely recommend watching that also been watching a li- I haven't really been watching Love Island but my housemates have been so I've been filled in on all the drama that's going on in those and apparently Molly's going to get flown back out to Castlemore. Moor that's the current drama and I am ready for it I used to hate Love Island I used to have such a chip on my shoulder about it and now I've realised that it's actually I feel like this season's actually quite a good season I'm not gonna lie <laughs> like I am I just like it something to switch my brain off to you know other final new thing right random fact but when I made my salsa this time I had Mexican dinner I had like chili rice made a salsa and in the salsa I put jalapeno I don't know what to say water the juice the stuff that's in I put that oh sorry I put that it's the p words it doesn't like them I put that in my like in the mixture and it tasted delicious and I also put it in my avocado there's a lot of peas in this sentence, are they? And I also put it in my avocado. Oh, I hate saying guacamole. Guacamole. I'm just going to whisper it. Guac. Guac. Oh, it just sounds like a horrible word and I hate saying it. Guac. I sound weird. I feel like I sound like a du- duck being like quack. Guac. Guac. I just can't say it. I'd rather say avocado spread, but that makes me sound like a proper weirdo. Um, but I've been putting the... Uh, oh, fuck me, another P word. Um into the avocado score the jalapeno juice and it tastes delicious 10 out of 10 would recommend that little tip and i finally did my nails again and they're like multicolored cow print and i did my housemates and hers looked so good kind of was a bit jealous not gonna lie did hers better than i did mine but we moved anyway i better let you get on with your day thank you for being here honestly it means the world to me and i'm just really really grateful i know not everyone can subscribe to the podcast and there's absolutely no pressure i know there's a lot of things going on right now but if you are then thanks for doing that as well that honestly makes me so happy i hope you're having the best day best week possible and i can't wait to speak to you soon make sure you're following me on instagram and on tiktok at you've got mail underscore pod and if you can give me a little subscribe a little rate and review i'd massively massively appreciate it i hope you're having a lovely lovely day and i can't wait to speak to you soon i love you bye